It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. Hey, it's time for the Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman, Tangling Along for the Ride podcast at Zoom, brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't Win. Okay, guys, we're gonna start. We're gonna start with the Celtics. We did have a late breaking session last week when the deal was made for Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, we covered it briefly, uh, but now let's get into the meat of it a little bit and talk about the Celtic team. Of course, we are gonna talk about the draft. Chris Paul is on the move to Golden State. Free agency's coming up, so we'll get to that. But right now, Bob, let's start with you. How do you feel about the Celtics right now, as constituted, as the dust settled? Differently than I did when we convened a week ago. That is, really? uh, uh, yeah, my initial my initial reaction to the trade, as you both know, was that I was very skeptical at, at the least. I didn't denounce it, but I was skeptical. And the reason I was skeptical was that uh, my vision of Porzingis uh, was that he was seven feet three and he stood in the corner all night long and he cranked up threes like the rest of the world and didn't take full advantage of being seven foot three. And, 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 you know, that he had abandoned himself to the, to the new way of world. And, and, and that was that. And, and I'm not interested in a guy like that. And I didn't want one more person clanking up needle, you know, clanking up threes for the Celtics. It was doubling down, blah, blah, blah. Okay. What I have since been informed by many people is that since no, no one, did I see the wizards last year? No. Who watches the wizards? Oh, no. Who did? Nobody saw the Nobody. wizards. They weren't on. Right. I mean, it, so I didn't see him there. I'll be honest. I didn't see him play last year. I don't think I saw a game. Uh, and uh, apparently, not apparently, but from what everybody's telling me, oh, no, Bob, he did, in fact, post up last year. He did, in fact, change up as a game last year. Uh, and, and he was very effective there. That, that, you know, And he can do it. And, and if they want him to do it, he will do it. Um, I have subsequent, subsequently learned uh, that the problem in Dallas, a problem in Dallas was that Carlisle insisted that he stand in that corner and, and, and be six foot two, and he didn't want to. That's what I'm being told about Dallas. So, hey, Maya Cooper. You got to reach out. Hey, you got to reach out to your boy Carlisle and find out. Really? Maya Cooper, Kristaps, is that the case? If that's the case, and he's actually, now, how are they going to use him? Let's see how Joe's going to use him. If he's going to use him that way, I'm, I'm, then that's a different look. That's an additional look. That's a needed look. If all I, you guys know this, what am I, when I cry about the three, it's because there's no balance. The three, 
you know, utilize the three as a weapon. Utilize the three as part of the deal. But don't sell your soul to the three and live and die with the three. That's what I say. And 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 anyway, and if you're seven foot three, now I'm also told that now he's not a great rebounder. He never has been. But he isn't a bad defender. And he actually isn't a bad defender when a pick and roll at seven three, which is really interesting. He's got that kind of loud mobility. He has athleticism. He can actually put it on the floor if he has to. And and you know, the, and he'll block shots. So you know, the, it's. So I'm amending. I, my initial reaction was based on my own misinformation or, or non-information. So I'm feeling better about it than I did a week ago. <laughs> I, I love this because everybody killed Bob. Like, you know how many people asked me this week? Well, like my dad even asked me. He's like, yeah, Bob hates Porzingis, doesn't he? He asked me this yesterday. I said, well, Bob doesn't really like these bigs that stand out there and fire threes. So I, it, it's good to hear that now when Chris Epps Porzingis sees you, uh, he won't run the other way, uh, you know, before a game. You can, and, you can yeah, go up uh, and give him, give him a little bit of a handshake. And, and by and the have. way, and I'll summarize this, is that uh, I'm I'm only too happy to be proven wrong. I mean, it's, you know, with regard to the benefit, you know, the, the welfare of the Celtics, number one. And and I live, I try to live journalistically by the Walt, Ralph Waldo Emerson credo, which is a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. And and uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't always be free and willing to change your mind. So I agree. Uh, and, and, and when you make a mistake, I, own up to it. Who cares? Listen, we, we have enough opinions in this world. You're gonna get you're gonna get some wrong. Like there's nothing wrong, you know. Mine with with Jalen Brown, you know, like he got better. He got better. Do I would I still pay him five years, two hundred ninety five? No, of course not. But he's gotten a lot better than I thought Jalen Brown would ever be. Everybody at the Garden got wrong because they booed him. Remember? So yeah, I mean it's it's and Bob, uh, well said. Look, with Washington last year, you saw the numbers improve. Um, and I, I just thought that he's a better three-point shooter than Marcus Smart. <laughs> so it was addition. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> you Much know, better. Whether you're 7'3 or 6'2. And yeah. if you're 7'3 and you stick your hand up, you got to do something. So, Bob, it's good to hear that you got that scouting report. But um, <clears throat> so now let's go on the other end. In Boston, I'm going to start with Bob on this one because it, it's a historical thing. <clears throat> I, Trot Nixon was a wonderful, wonderful. Trot Nixon, where are we going with this? Marcus Trot Smart Nixon. is Marcus Smart is Trot Nixon. Trot Nixon, okay, was the dirt dog. He was a good player, not a great player. Take a look at his numbers. You know, JD Drew was hated in this town. They had the same numbers, same numbers. <laughs> Trot Nixon was adored, yeah. adored. Same well, he had dirty hat. <laughs> oh, I had the dirty hat, you know. Had and, dirty hat. And listen, this was a good dude. I mean, he's a great guy to cover. He was a great guy. But you know, he was a very good, he was a he was a very good Boston ball player. He's perfect for Boston. So that brings us to Marcus Smart now, Bob. Mm -hmm. In this city, we love to anoint the heart and hustle guys. But even my 18-year-old son said the other day, Dad, heart and hustle only gets you so far. You know? So like the the discrepancy between the pro and the con of smart leaving town and the way he left town. I mean, you would have thought that a relative died. <laughs> I, I mean, really, Bob, I mean, in this town, this happens because of a personality and heart and hustle, a player's ability, get, a player's ability gets escalated in the minds of the fans. Well, I happen to be as, uh, you know, a, a 
a member of the fan club from day one. And, and um, I think he's a little bit better than that. I think than than, than the Nixon level, because he is a special, a, a, now the word gets abused. I'm trying to use it properly. Unique, one of a kind. There is no other mid-sized player that plays exactly like uh, Marcus Smart. Uh, does some of the things that he has done in the course of his career, make plays that no one else has made. The only guy I ever saw, who uh, only 6'5 guy who ever intercepted an alley pass intended for a seven-foot Greek. I'll never forget that play as long as I live. And an uh, alley-oop intended for to the Quambo. Nobody makes that play. He made that play. He makes plays that don't compute. He makes plays. Talent used to do that too at times. He makes the, 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 nobody else did stuff. Yeah, positionless. Like yeah. Uh, and 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 it, but he's fearless, reckless, reckless. You know, did and and will sacrifice his body and flop. This he's the first guy says Jerry Sloan that was equally good at both. That you know and infuriate opponents because he could do it both ways. Um, it. And we know his flaws. We know his injudicious, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here, his injudicious use of the three at times was infuriating. And it was it was a negative one for the team. We know that. That that uh, he, so many times he always thought he was a great three-point shooter. And 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 you know, he wasn't. He was he, he could make a three. There's a difference between I can make one now and then and I should be shooting him often. Okay. But he gave you something je ne sais quoi, uh, a, a a spunk, a grit. I remember when, at one point in, in, in a time a, a couple of years ago when he missed some games and, and they floundered a little bit without him. And I was talking to Doc and Doc said, he gives him toughness. And, and now who's left to give him toughness? That's Maybe, the question. That's the question. More than Grant anything. Williams is the next one up and he may not be here. Yeah. That's not think... tough. What Grant oh, he's gives a, him. He's a, he's a bluffing insane. tough, right? Right. Right. He I bluffs. Mean, <laughs> market. Marcus, yeah, Marcus, you were like scared of other other teams were, were scared of of his toughness. Nobody's scared of Grant Williams. Right, my Grant Williams is a. It, the only thing a, Grant gives him, the only thing Grant gives him, is somebody who will actually open up their mouth and talk. Right, because they don't really have that. Like, go down the list, guys. It, it's it's not good. Like Jason Tatum has has come a long way with his maturity, but he's never going to be a vocal leader. Jalen Brown is not going to be a vocal leader. Malcolm Brogdon is, who knows even if he's going to be healthy for the start of the season, but he's not going to be. Derek White, Horford, Rob Williams. No. Who, who am I forgetting? Yeah. That's it. That's sure. it. Those are your top sure. six guys. So it's it scares the hell out of me, although I, I, I was in favor of the trade and said that the Marcus Smart era probably ran its course. Nine years was enough, but – my biggest fear now is like, this is going to be the most passive looking group. And I, I don't know how likable they're going to be. Now they'll be likable if they win, mm -hmm. but, but if they don't, we start counting the playoffs, right? Like these guys don't show any emotion, none. And there's nothing more frustrating than watching a group that doesn't win. That shows no emotion when they lose. And, and that that's what we could see with this group. And, and I think you got to get a piece somehow. If you're Brad Stevens, you got to bring in a rotation guy who, who's got some energy and toughness. And, you know, Jordan Walsh, their, their draft pick, which I really like. Um, I didn't, I didn't love it at first because you know, what I told you guys was like, I want to draft a guy who can make shots. Like I don't want anybody else in this roster that can't shoot. Jordan wow. Walsh really can't shoot. Okay. Right. Can't, but with Marcus smart being gone, I guess there's a place for Jordan Walsh because he's an elite 
a, a capable of being an elite defender in the league. He has long arms. He is athletic. He plays hard. But, guys, he shows no emotion. Like, really? he's not Marcus Smart. He's yeah. not going to be super intense, yelling, screaming. That is not going to be Jordan Walsh. Now, over the the, the big the big picture is, is that the question at the end of the season posed by all the fans and media, are they going to stand pat and try and come back again and say, Hey guys, just play better, you know, just, and, and because the, the talent is, was sufficient. It was the extra layer that Miami had and they didn't have, you know, can you manufacture that or is that just organic or are you going to do something to give a different look yeah. while well, they went for B Okay, you know, I I thought I thought that was probably the uh, what, what they were going. I mean, they were more likely they were going to change it up, and they have changed it up. Now, once again, I'm I'm more excited. I mean, now I'm fascinated. If I want to see now that I know that Porzingis can do what I want him to do, are they going to let him do it? That's what now. That's the next. So I'll, I'll tell you what. I have I wish training camp started tomorrow. For me, I'm excited to see. I want to know <laughs> how it's going to work out. Well, one of the uh, things I'd like to say that I think Marcus will find. Jeff, I'll start with you on this, is I think that John Moran is going to benefit greatly from him. And I think that Marcus is going to do very well with Memphis. Take your first swig at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times, it's 10 times your first bet amount of bonus bets and up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be, well, hitting the first home run. All in the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel dot com slash boston fanduel official partner of major league baseball 21 plus and present in massachusetts first online real money wager only ten dollar deposit required refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days restrictions apply see terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook hope is here gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And I agree with you. It did run its course here because of the way the team finished. But this might be the best thing for Marcus in the long run. So I agree with you on Ja as a um as a human being that he will benefit from Marcus Smart, right? Like Marcus will probably hold him accountable. He's been through a lot. Um he's obviously been in, in a winning culture here for a while. What I don't agree with is the fit. I hate the fit of the two of them together because neither one can really shoot the ball. So I actually I don't like the fit at all of them playing together. But I love the fit of having Marcus Smart in Memphis, if that makes sense, to help bring Ja along, because that's more important probably than anything right, right but, now. But, no, you're right about the shooting part. But, I mean, Ja still, when he's healthy, can give you 30 a night. Yeah, He can. He's just not a great shooter. 
Right. You know, that's so, his biggest you know. weakness. That's Marcus Smart's biggest weakness. But again, the biggest thing is just getting Ja honestly right. on track and keeping him on track. So if if having two non-shooting, you know, guards out there at the same time, well, see if it I mean, works. Let's make, no, well, you, I mean, you're not wrong about that. But Bob, the way I see it is that, you know, this is a turning point for the kid Moran. I mean, this is it. I mean, this is this is big. And, you know, you have somebody like Smart who, like, what, you know, I have problems with the streets and all that. But he shows up to work. I mean, you can't, there's one thing that you have to say about Marcus Smart. And he had his temperamental motives. He was always a pro. The guy always came to play. He showed up for work to do his job. And I think that in of itself could, I don't want to say save John Morant. Maybe that's a bit dramatic, but it's needed. You know, I'm thinking about as you're speaking, Garrett, and, and, and this life's crisis, if you will, you know, this John crossroads for, for John yeah. Moran to salvage a career. What is he, Jeff? Is he 23? You know? Yeah, he's young. He's young. Boy, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing how this league is, you know, who comprises the, the you know, with the, uh, the the league. You know, Larry turned 23 during his rookie year. Yeah, he's 23. <laughs> so, turns 24. And these guys are... Well, look at Tatum's a six, seven year veteran now going, yep. you know, I mean, it's just saying this is uh, fascinating, but I, I think it's all, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think and both I, scenes, both teams are going to be interesting to watch to me. Um, now that, that brings us to the draft. Uh, I want, well, I do want to talk about some other movements in a minute, but that let's segue, let's segue to the draft on this because Jeff, you, I mean, you did a great job. This is your area, but like I look at, number one through 58 or whatever and they're also they're all kids i'm like well, you just like bob just said it i mean john moran's 23 i just feel I, I don't know i almost feel bad for these kids i look at them and i go i have no idea how any of you are gonna do and i'm just talking about from maturity level and living the nba life i i, I have no idea who's gonna be good or not it's, Do you? It's no. It, it's it's really hard to figure these days, especially again when you add it in overtime elite in, in the G League Ignite because we haven't seen those kids as much. You know, at least I feel pretty good about, and and, and I don't feel great about my assessment of Brandon Miller because I saw him for a year at Alabama. You know, Anthony Black I saw a year at Arkansas and, and Jarris Walker at Houston, but but. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's dominated by freshmen now. Freshmen, overseas, international kids, and and guys who went to the you know G League Ignite and Overtime Elite. The older guys, if they're any good, Gary, they're gone already. They're yeah. not sticking around. They're gone I, after a year. I'm just, I have no idea, by the way. I didn't research it. Do you know off the top of your head, Jeff, if any four-year players were drafted at all in the, in the, in the 60? Um, <laughs> I'm looking used to be, now. It used to be. Who's going to be the first one? Jalen Pickett, Bob, was he played four years. He started at Siena and then he went to Penn State. So he played four years. He was drafted 32 by the Pacers. All right. That's nobody. Oh, Ben Shepard from Belmont played four years. He was drafted by the Pacers at number 26. So, yeah, there are some guys, believe it or not, just nobody in the lottery. Oh, and I believe it. That's that's why I'm, I'm, you know, used to be. Hami Hawkins. Hami Hawkins, Bob. Four years at UCLA, drafted 18 by the Heat. Okay, I mean, all right. So there were, there were a bunch, but generally, again, in the lottery now, 
you're not finding four year kids. So no, Jeff, just, who do you th- just uh, you know if you can yeah. summarize the draft wars and how, and we all know about women Yama. I mean, I I think the kid needs to eat a lot, <laughs> you know. So how who did well as best you could tell us winners and losers if you can even do that. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to do it because again, like we don't know. I mean, right? We don't know. I didn't love Orlando's draft. I didn't I didn't love it because. They took at six Anthony Black, who is a long freshman point guard who's not the most athletic dude and doesn't shoot it well. But he's he's really long. Orlando has a bunch of average point guards as we sit here today. You know, they they drafted Jalen Suggs. They've got Markel Fultz. They've got Cole Anthony. I, I just don't know. I mean, again, they're looking for something that they haven't been able to get in, in many a try. And then at 11, they reached and they took Jed Howard, Juwan Howard's son, who to me was the third best shooter on the board after Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins. So I was uh, befuddled by by that pick also from Orlando. So I don't love Orlando's um, draft, to be honest. That's the one that probably was a head scratcher for me as much as anything. Uh, What did I love? You know, I, I probably like Grady Dick to Toronto. You know, again, I think he's the best shooter in the draft. He, he slipped to 13. Toronto gets him. They compare him with Scotty Barnes. I don't know what else Toronto's doing, but Scotty Barnes is in a, a – he can be a really, really good player, not a great shooter. So I, I like – again, I just like um, teams that have a, a, a vision here for how they want to put together their team. And I, I just – I don't love adding guys right now in this NBA that can't really shoot the ball. And there were a lot of them in the top. Do you have any, any feel for the twins? So here's my feel for the twins from talking to, to, to people around them. Just so people and, know the, tw- the twins are. Amen Thompson and Asar. Amen yeah. for Houston and Asar five to Pistons. Amen is more of the point guard. Asar is more of a wing. They are super, super freaky athletic, like what, top 1% of NBA athletes immediately. Uh, they're long. They can really, really guard. Uh, a man has become, you know, a point. He's not a true point, but how many true points are there in the NBA anyway? So he'll be fine. My biggest concern is the same thing it is for Scoot Henderson, who went number three to Portland, and even more with the Thompsons, Right. My biggest thing that I was told was these dudes are high character and you can't keep them out of the gym. They want to be in the gym four times a day, all day. Well, in two years at Overtime Elite, being in the gym all the time, their perimeter shots haven't gotten any better. That scares the hell out of me. Now, again, maybe the people teaching them weren't good enough. I I don't know. I just feel like, man, two years of being in the gym all all the time, your shot is it has to get better with repetition. That's what everybody says in the in the NBA. Like, just put in the work and your shot's going to get better. Well, their shot hasn't really gotten better. Scoots got better a little bit, but the Thompson twins, we'll see. I mean, again, it's one of these, Gary, where like, we'll see in five years probably I how know. good these that, kids that, are. I know. That's the hard one, part. You know, like, one issue that, fell out, that came out of the first round, Jeff, uh, is that if there was one surprise of of, of of a drop, it was Cam Whitmore. Yes. It was projected yes. to go in the top 10 to 15 for sure, 10, yep. and went 20 to Houston. Did you hear any reason why 
uh, uh, suddenly that uh, he dropped. So he was not red flagged. He was not red flagged, which means medically um, he, he would drop because, you know, the doctors would have found something out, whether it was at the combine through medical or when he went to teams. That was not the case. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, okay. I, well, I don't know. It's one of those where, you know, sometimes the problem too is everybody expects Cam Whitmore to go in the top five, eight, okay? So those are the only teams that actually have his information. You know, the team, he didn't work out. He's going to refuse to work out for teams, you know, 10 to 20, right? Mm -hmm. All of them. So Houston actually had his info because they also had the number four pick. So they passed on him at four, but they at least had him in. They knew where some of these other teams are probably terrified. You know, the Pelicans are drafting it at 14. Well, what do we do? We we don't know. We didn't think he'd be there. So we don't even have the info. What the hell is going on? Maybe, maybe there is an issue that we don't know about. We're not going to take a shot there with five minutes on the clock. So I think that might be part of the reason Cam Whitmore fell as far as he did. But uh, yeah, I was surprised. Okay. Uh, um, now a good pick. Pick. Hey, a good pick, guys. Derek Lively by uh, Dallas. Lively. Dallas traded up and yep. got Derek Lively 12. at number 12. He's perfect for what they need because think about it. They have um, maybe one of the worst defensive guards in the league in Kyrie and another one who's not great defensively in Luka. And Derek Lively is long, athletic, can run, and can block and alter shots. Does he need to get stronger? Absolutely. But he's the type of player they needed. And uh, Chris Paul on the move to Golden State, uh, but that's going to become official on July 6th when Jordan's pool paperwork, all that stuff gets taken care of and he gets more money. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bob, does this guy have anything left, and does he fit there? Uh, he has, I think, there's something left. And of course, the big issue with Chris Paul is to, to gift wrap him and to treat him like a Ming vase and hope that you can you have him when you need him in the months of, of May and June. I mean, uh, April, May, and June. That's you know, he, he's that's been a problem. He's going to be 39 at that point. Uh, he still has an, uh, enough left, I think, to affect uh, a, a, a good team and, and in a positive way. Um, people, all kinds of speculation, does he fit? I think, yeah. I mean, remember his thing about Curry. Curry's not a point guard. Let's get this straight. Curry is a shooting guard who can pass. His raison d'etre on this earth is not to go out there and make everybody else uh, affect. It's, it's out there to score points for Steph Curry. And by the way, he's not a. He has a great head and heart, and, and he'll pass the ball. But he's why not? Why won't he fit with Curry or, or and with the uh, play? I think he's ideal in that sense. I mean, what, am I missing yeah. something here? No, I think it takes some of the pressure off Steph. I think a lot of people are worried. Like, well, Steph has the ball in his hands so much; he's used to it. But I think it, it can take some pressure off Steph. The key, obviously, listen. Well, there's two keys. One is, right, how does it work? Number one, that's the biggest one, you know, that, that will be intriguing to watch how they're going to play with one another there. 
And then number two is obviously the biggest one, which is like, is Chris Paul ever going to be healthy? When and the other thing is, you know, if they're if you were ever out there with the uh, with the two of them, that's a they're, that's going small. I mean, that's really going really small. small. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and now remember about Steph Curry, people. Yeah, we, we think about him and the ball handling and the pregame routine and you know the the boom the boom the boom the you know he moves without the ball better than any player in the league. Yeah. He's, he does both. Yeah. He's he's, so Ray he's Havlicek. He moves without the ball. He'll, yeah. He's so he'll love playing with Chris Paul. I think he won't mind not having the ball. He'll do what he does well. Get open and boom. Right. Uh, It'll be fun yeah. to watch as as we put a wrap on this. I'm going to put Bob Ryan on the spot, Jeff, but he always comes up in the clutch. Uh, Bob, any NBA draft stories? And, and the one good thing about the summer is things get a little slow with the news. We always go into Ryan's mental archives. Uh, <laughs> the one draft that I, I, this is going way back with the Russell thing. Like, did Red, how many times did Red see Russell play? And, you know, just if you have any nuggets on on the draft and in, in, in what. Now, you- I, what I'm told is that Heinsohn gave him a great scouting report because Russell kicked Heinsohn's ass in Madison Square Garden. So um, I doubt he saw him very much. You know, it it was, you didn't have television. Oh yeah. I mean, forget it. Nothing. He's on, he's in San Francisco. You're, you're running, you're, you're having a, uh, in those days, a 72 game NBA schedule in the playoffs. You know, you don't, I'm sure it was all word of mouth and, and, and his sources, he always had sources. You know, Bones McKinney recommended Sam Jones. He didn't see Sam Jones play. Never who saw him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who? Bones McKinney, who's, who had played for Red back in Washington, who was Bones. a coach I loved it. I at loved Wake this. Forest. He recommended yeah. Sam Jones, this guy at North Carolina College, you know, to and, and you know, that. So so I doubt he did. Here's my favorite Dark Day story. In the old days when the draft uh, was a, a conference call for the for the team, you sat, we went and sat in Red's office in 1970. And, 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 you know, the few of us and listening on the squawk box. No and way. For, yeah, for the NBA draft. And when the, I think it was Chicago Bulls draft, Kennedy McIntosh, whereupon you could hear laughter all over America in these offices. <laughs> they thought it was a ludicrous draft pick. And, and didn't tell so are you didn't. telling me you're in Red's office watching his face as these picks are, sure. are being made? Yeah, it's the way it works. Come on. Seriously? Seriously. This is 1970. Who else was in the audience? The draft was the day after the end of the regular season. Season ended on, on a Sunday in March, and the draft was the next day. So who do you so remember how many, who the other writers were? Yeah, how many people were in that room, Bob? Would have been well, not that many. Eddie, Eddie Gahuli of the Herald, Joe Lo- of, of the, uh, Joe Looney of the, of the Hell of Traveler, um, um, I mean, I'm assuming other, uh, you know, maybe half, you know, half a dozen. Did others. Red have other people that that were helping him? I don't remember how many other people were in there that day, you know. But that's, you know, yeah. So that's the way it was. But did they have, did they have snacks? <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Okay, wait a minute. There had to have been some booze. Oh no, no, no. no? no. Oh, no, I figured no. there'd be like a bar, a bar or something in there. You know? No, no. Okay. No. All right. But anyway, that's my that's my vignette for my first. But that was but that was Cowan's year, right? That was Cowan's year, and of course, you know, my favorite draft day story, as of all, is that in, in 1973 or four, I forget which doesn't matter. Uh, I'm back at the the draft was at noon, and I'm back at the office by four, and and I'm I'm helping answering the phones, and the phone rings, and someone says, um, 
did anyone take uh, James Brown of, of Harvard? And I said, yeah, the, uh, the Hawks in the fourth round. I said, you a Harvard, Harvard fan? He said, I'm James Brown. <laughs> that is the gospel truth. And, and in case anybody thinks Bob Ryan is making that up, I, that has been reconfirmed by James Brown himself at a Harvard gathering last month. He called. He called to find out if he was drafted. Yes, and I informed him that he was drafted by. And he he knows this to be true. We told the world that, that yes, Bob Ryan's telling the truth. That's awesome. That yeah, is tremendous. I mean, I can't end on a better note. Wow. <laughs> uh, and more Bob Ryan stories coming up throughout the summer, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Jeff, Bob, be good. See you next week, guys. Okay, guys. CLNS Media Celtics coverage is brought to you by FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. 